Well, the Fed's beige book was out overnight, and of course it flicks from region to region, and it was noting business activity is growing at either a moderate pace or sometimes a strong pace, but always positive. The only downside is growing price pressures, which seems to be getting worse. So that means now the most important thing is jobs. With the non-farm payrolls just around the corner, markets are on hold with very little movement anywhere on anything overnight. So don't expect any really exciting numbers over the next 10 minutes, because there aren't any. It's the morning call from NAB for Thursday, the 3rd of June, 2020. 21. Good morning. Yeah, not much of anything today. Uh, equities have hardly moved at all. The Nasdaq is down about 0.1%. The Dow and the S&P 500 up less than 0.1%. The Euro stocks 50 and the FTSE 100 are both up about 0.4%. And the US dollar, well, it's been up and down. It gained about 0.4%, but then it lost just about all of that. Against that, very little movement in currencies. The Aussie is down a little, so is the Euro. The pound is up marginally. Uh, the Canadian dollar doing better than most. It's up 0.3%. 10-year treasuries are down one basis point at one point. 0.59%. Nothing at all going on, is there? Uh, the only move of any significance is oil, like 1.5% for Brent, uh, holding above the $71 barrel mark. Uh, otherwise, it's all a bit, you know, phew. really? <laughs> David Garris, I think that's, that's the technical term. For, uh, yeah, that's, that's uh, the technical term. So uh, this is, uh, it's, it, I guess it's a bit like waiting for Godot, isn't it? You know, the, except I think we're, so. We're waiting for payrolls. Uh, uh, the, I think so. Except payrolls will arrive, of course, at the end of the week, whereas Godot never did, of course. Anyone who's, you know, go, go and read some Samuel Beckett if you don't know what I'm talking about. But, I mean, this is what we're, we're it's a holding pan, isn't it, while we wait for this? It is. We know that uh, employment's right at the top of the Fed's, uh, you know, signals, on, signals of importance right now. And um, that's what the market's, I mean, the market's all interested in is not whether the Fed will, will talk about taping or tapering or thinking about tapering, but when when is it going to occur? And that's very much dependent upon the employment story, isn't it? But I guess, you know, as you said, the, the, the market today has been a bit all over the place and been a sawtooth pattern. But, you know, you look at where uh, equities have come this year, it's very much the reopening story, isn't it? I mean, the ASX up 10%. NASDAQ has been something of a laggard this year. It's, uh, it's only up, what, 6.5%. New European indexes are up anywhere between 10 for the FTSE and 17 for the uh, CAC Courant. So it's been a good year so far, although a pretty flat day today, granted. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, it is waiting to see, as you say, just for the numbers. And the, the inflation story, I mean, it's definitely less of a thing, isn't it? So since mid-May, we've seen the uh, the break-even inflation rate for 10-year bonds. That's fallen. Still a lot mm. higher than it was at the start of the year, of course. So it's still there. Uh, and we we keep on getting snippets, don't we, saying that, you know, uh, yeah, prices are going up, but we don't know how long for. Mm. So the Fed's beige mm. book this morning, for example, uh, mm. the latest data source that's pointing to price pressures on input costs that could be passed through to the consumer. Uh, but for how long, we don't know. Yeah, no, I think uh, qualitatively the beige book captures what's going out there on in the, in the US economy Pretty well, I think. Mm. Um, you know, the headline was that the economy expanded at a moderate pace, but it was replete with uh, signs of optimism, demand being strong, uh, supply chain pressures evident, uh, difficulty in getting staff. All you know, I mean, we, we can't forget the labour is part of very much part of the supply chain pressure right now, Phil. So. Uh, that that was pretty much it, you know. Cost rises, material shortages. So I mean, that that's so you just can't help but feeling that the demand side of the U.S. economy is strong. It's the 
capacity of the supply side of the economy to keep up right now, which is the reopening story, isn't it? Yeah. And that's that's clearly evident in the labour market. So I guess from that perspective, the market will be paying very close attention to what payroll suggests uh, on Friday and we, whether we get any repeat of what we had last last month. We don't have to wait quite till Friday, do we, of course, because we get the, the, the weekly uh, claims, jobless claims uh, tonight. Indeed. Which uh, we're slowing and, a little. And ADP, and ADP, ADP for those yeah, exactly. for those that pay attention to that indicator. Yeah, yeah. So, so two indicators tonight. The the jobless claims were were slowing a little last time. So, uh, I mean, we have still got a long way to go. But I mean, that was a good sign. It, it, directionally, it's it's certainly been suggesting that uh, unemployment is coming down, and I think that that particular indicator will take on more significance over the next month to six weeks, Phil, as those states that have already, you know, the governors of those states that have already said that they will uh, cut the $300 unemployment yeah. supplement, you know, what starting from, I think, the week of June the 12th, there's four or five states then. So that progressively cuts in. So so those jobless claims numbers will probably take on more uh, more significant in, significance in the so weeks what's, ahead even. What are you punting on that? Do you think the uh, that they write on that? If they take it away, there's going to be more people going back to work or is it not going to make much difference? What's your, what's your look, bet? Look, what, what, one of the things cited in the Beige Book today, Phil, was a problem in getting low-wage low staff. So when you think about the $300 a week, that's what, $7.50 an hour for a 40-hour week. So um, it's, not, it's not a trivial amount of money, is it? So that you have that taken away, uh, it's really going to test, you know, your willingness to go back to work. Now, it, it wouldn't be difficult to think that there is some reticence, you know, on, on sort of still worries about the virus, but the vaccination uh, rollout has been pretty good in the States as well. Yeah. So, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see. So I'd be surprised if the $300 wasn't playing some part in lower workforce participation. And tapering talk, uh, there's more of it. So Patrick Harker is the latest to say that uh, this might be the time to at least be thinking about tapering, which I think that's very bold of him. This is the time to be thinking about tapering rather than this is the time to consider talking about (laughs) thinking about the possibility of perhaps one day looking at it. Yeah. Uh, But uh, I wonder whether the Fed's tactic is actually uh, that they talk about it so much that we don't actually notice that nothing is actually being done. Do you think that's part of it? Either that or or they talk about it a lot and... um, The market starts to think it's you know, it's going to be a fait accompli now, and we start to see that sort of more fully factored into the bond market, and we start to see yields push up a little bit on the back of that. Now we haven't seen that yeah. very much so mm. far, have we? No. I mean, uh, flat you know, as a the, the, the bo- exactly flat as a pancake. But and, and I guess the fear is that the market will start to think, well, if we've got tapering, it's only a matter of time before the Fed starts to take the punch bowl away a little bit more forcefully, you know, with higher rates. So you get some um, Mm. increasing uh, rates priced into the curve and then you start to see tighter monetary conditions. Now, that's that's a difficult part for the Fed, isn't it? And that's that's the the policy challenge that they have in in, uh, convincing the market this is going to take a lot more time. Of course, in the end, the market will be driven by what happens to the employment numbers in the next few months. Yeah, exactly. Which, again, is why Friday is going to be very important. So uh, yesterday, those GDP numbers for Australia, as we said, they would be above consensus. They were. Q1 GDP rose 1.8% or 1.1% year on year. It is 0.8% above pre-COVID mm. levels, which is quite something, mm. isn't it? It is. It puts Australia in uh, rarefied company. It does. 
um, in, amongst those economies that have made it back to an above pre-pandemic level. Like I guess China is the, the largest example of that, but really only a very small handful of economies. But you can't help but thinking, Phil, that um, the US is not going to be too far behind there and within a couple of quarters uh, Europe and even the UK later this year will be joining that club but but not just yet but so I mean for me the report you know showed what a strong summer had been for domestic tourism what was it the uh, cafes restaurants hotel sector was up 14.8 percent in the first quarter of this year the ag sector has been booming housing we all know the story there mm. and um, you know this the switch to uh, service consumption from um, uh, very much evident as well. So it was a solid report. Um, the goods, Aussie, good, good consu- Aussie, consumption. Aussie didn't bat an eyelid, Phil. <laughs> no, because, well, that's because everyone's been listening to this podcast and we've been talking it up. Of course, that's right, of course. Isn't it? Of course, everyone knew already. But uh, goods consumption uh, was down, wasn't it? But I guess that's, you know, people, are, people don't want to buy stuff. They just want to get out and experience stuff. I guess that's the thing, isn't it? I think that's part of it. You know, and everyone had bought up massively, hadn't mm. they, through the pandemic. So... A little bit of a breather, uh, and you think, well, how many TVs can you fit in a house? I guess the <laughs> answer to that is one more one. than you've currently got. You only got. need one, <laughs> just one. Otherwise, the kids are on screens all the time. Believe me. Uh, so, uh, I mean, what about if government support measures ease off? Um, well, we know that they are, and obviously, well, they have really. So, is that going to impact uh, GDP moving forwards, or do you think not? Have they well, pulled it the right I think that's where this uh, Victorian lockdown might come in, Phil. Mm. So we know the JobKeeper ended at the end of March and most of the lockdowns so far have been, what, a few days and they've come and gone without major incident. And that was something that Guy DeBell mentioned today when he was speaking to testifying before the Senate uh, Economics Committee. Yeah, or or yesterday. Yesterday, indeed. Um, Today for me. Um, (laughs) It's all very confusing. (laughs) <laughs> so the, the the point I'm making is that, um, you know, if, if the Victorian lockdown is now going to be two weeks. So that's something that they're watching. Is this going to be, yeah, I think if it's over in two weeks, it'll probably come and go without major, major uh, incident, but it's already longer than the other lockdowns. So that's one particular consideration. I think the same, just reading the press seems to be, uh, sense there that um, uh, the federal government has been talking to the state government about support and so forth yeah. uh, during during this episode. So and, and any, it's going to be interesting to see, isn't it? Yeah, and any subsequent ex- episodes because they will happen. Of course. Uh, Guy DeBell was also saying yesterday that uh, we shouldn't expect wage growth to be high enough for the RBA to act until 2024. I mean, it's been said before. Uh, yes. Then, you know, it'll be 3% plus by then, but it's still a yes. way off. They want to see it. They want to see it in the numbers. Yeah. And uh, he doesn't have a doctrinaire view of what the uh, the full employment uh, rate is. Just They just want to see it in terms of increased wages growth and, of course, inflation sustainably in the target. So, um, you know, it's not uh, something that they'll be forecasting and moving uh, based on their forecast, but they want to actually see it in the data. So yeah. I think, you know, you, you never know with uh, – Forecasts, including their own forecast of when rates will begin to rise, but you can understand the thinking there. So this is such a different attitude, isn't it, to what's being taken by the RBN? Very we've got, different. I mean, very Governor, different. Governor Orr was saying, look, if we don't push up interest rates, uh, then we could see very high inflation again. He doesn't want to wait for it. Yes, yes. Worried about uh, what was it? High, you know, high prices. Prices only last for an instant. A mortgage lasts for ten to fifteen 
years, I think, was the quote that he said. So mm. I'm worried about the inequality of rising house prices. And we saw that also in uh, the latest report on the Auckland housing market. And yet the Reserve Bank, from what we heard from Guy DeBell yesterday, is that they're, are they relaxed about house prices? They're not overly concerned about it. They're looking at moderate credit growth and they're, they, they don't see any sign of uh, relaxation of uh, lending standards. And that's what they're most concerned about on uh, on that front. So quite a difference, quite a difference across the Tasman there. Phil. Yes, isn't that amazingly so? So uh, look, just as Aussie GDP growth is at, at pre-pandemic levels, so is oil. So Brent uh, sticking over $71 a barrel now, WTI hit its highest level since 2018. And all this because OPEC Plus have basically said that they will gradually increase supply. Gradual is the word that investors mm. want to hear here, isn't it? Mm. It's interesting, isn't it, that mm. um, if you looked at oil now and, and, and that supply story, you'd have to think, well, demand, uh, you know, it, it, it's looking more and more like the, the reopening story. We haven't seen it today in the likes of base metal prices, but maybe we're just um, over-egging, you know, the, the day-to-day movements. But, you know, oil prices are getting up there. Um, the US dollar hasn't done a whole lot. The DXY just below 90. So, it's not really the uh, the catalyst today, but um, if anything, you'd expect the supply story to be um, sort of putting a bit of a cap on it for now. So you can't help but think it's a reopening story playing out there. Yeah, and a bit of speculation, I guess, as well. Of course, indeed. So uh, it could be a good day for Aussie equities today, couldn't it? What about the Aussie dollar? Could we get uh, we get local trade balance numbers today? We also get the final retail numbers for April. Uh, which might have been revised down a little, but obviously the you know the direction is 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 still good. Will we see any uh, market reaction to those numbers? I doubt it. It's a sort of market fill where um, if liquidity is thin, has been on some days, then you can get you know and positioning can move the currency around, but it's really been the US dollar story now mm. for a little period of time. So. It's hard to see it really breaking out of its range ahead of payrolls, isn't it? So um, I think that's really the next big cab off the rank for the Aussie. It is. So it's jobs, 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 and it starts tonight with the, those ADP numbers, as you said, and those those weekly jobless claims as well. Uh, so we'll leave it and we'll wait and see what happens tonight. Great to talk. Uh, catch you again very soon. Thanks, Dave. Well do, Phil. Cheers. That's Dave DeGaris, uh, NAB's Direct Economics for Markets in London, where the sun is shining today, believe it or not. That's it for today. I'm back again tomorrow morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you then. <laughs>